Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back to the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, the finest phototainment in the world. We are an irreverent look at photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. And what do you know, Dustin? For the first time in like four weeks, there's no ads before we get started. It's, it's just show. It's just show. It's all show today until we get to the ad break. All really? show until then. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dustin, uh, did you watch that Black Widow trailer? I love the ads, though. I know. I love making money, too, but... But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Did you watch that Black Widow trailer? Did you watch that Black Widow trailer? What do you think I about want, the Black Widow trailer? I watched the Black Widow trailer. I felt like I was watching Parent Trap 2.0, the grown-up edition. Ooh, r- explain this to me. It's like if it's like if the two girls from Parent Trap... Is it Emma Stone? Who plays? Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay yeah, Lohan. Yeah, they're all the same. Um, it's as if she like grew up in Russia and became an assassin mm-hmm. with her sister. Sister assassins. Twin sister assassins? Yeah, sisters. Sissassins. <laughs> that would be the dumbest thing I ever heard. Sissassins. I don't know. It's got, got some to it. I don't know how the movie's going to be any good. I just want to throw that out there because the villain of the movie. Watch the whole movie in the trailer. The, the villain of the movie looks like Hawkeye. And I've been rewatching the Marvel movies with, with my son. And uh, basically uh-huh. every time Black Widow and Hawkeye fight, she beats the shit out of him. Like just easily just whip, whip whips his ass every single time. Who was who the bad guy? I didn't even catch the bad guy. I don't know, guy. but he's shooting with a bow and arrow. And it's like Black Widow can totally just take this dude out. That's that's a no-brainer. That's going to be super easy for her. So Maybe it's Hawkeye. Maybe. Maybe it is. It's not. But maybe it is. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the origin <laughs> of why she can just whip his ass so easily every single time. She, just, she learned how to do it early on. She's already... She's already encountered a bow and arrow guy you know we call them archers i will say this uh looking back at like the marvel movies because i'm re-watching them all with ian right now it's his first time through he's loving it and uh i remember like back in the day people wanted a hawkeye movie so bad and all i could think after watching the first avengers movie where black widow just whips his ass so hard i was like why did anybody want a hawkeye movie Obviously, we all should have just been clamoring for a Black Widow movie the entire time, which there were people who were, but I'm just saying, like, it felt like as a collective out of, like, the people I knew and the people I followed on the internet, more people wanted a Hawkeye movie. But clearly, Black Widow, superior in every way. Of course. Yeah, of course. You sound surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised. I just, uh, I just, I remembered there being, like, a lot of love for Hawkeye, and he's kind of pathetic next to Black Widow. That's all I'm saying. It's true. It's true. Dustin. But needless to say, you'll still go see this movie. Dustin, we got some, some follow-up. This, I'm totally going to see this movie. Black Widow movie is going to be awesome. We got some follow-up this week. Dustin. Yep. My apologies to you, mm-hmm. my friend. On this podcast, at one point in time, you said you were six foot tall, and I said there's absolutely no way you're six foot tall because I'm six foot tall and you're shorter than me. Dustin, I went to the doctor for the first time in almost 10 years today, and I have some bad news. Yeah, sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, I'm not. It is a personal you're problem. <laughs> I'm not six foot tall. I'm six foot and one inch. So I, my apologies to you. I guess you could be six foot tall. And did you, did, uh, I besmirked you. Did you cry you. at the doctor? Um, <laughs> I cried when I found out. I was like, no. 
did you say, Mommy, Mommy, I crew, I crew. I have to, I have to admit to Dustin, I was wrong. No. I love that that's the first thing that came to your mind when they measured you, though. Like, I imagine you walk in, you're sitting there at the doctor's office, you're reading a really terrible magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, she calls you back. You know, you're probably thinking of that life altering thing that you're in the doctor's office to see if you have. And then, you know, she's like, uh, since you haven't been to the doctor, Steve, in a decade, we should probably, you know, do the whole weight, you know, height, mm-hmm, blood pressure, mm-hmm. all of those basic things. Blood pressure is ideal. And then it's she's awesome. like, you're like, oh man, okay. Yeah. And then uh, she brings you over to the, you know, the scale thing. She, you know, measures your height. Mm-hmm. And you're like, fuck, I am one inch off of what I thought I was. Yeah. Now I have to say sorry to Dustin. Yeah, all this time, all this time. Like, I hope you audibly said that to your doctor. Yeah, I was like, uh, man, I have to apologize to Dustin on air now because I ridiculed him on air the first time when he said he was six foot. And uh, did you, I mean, did you think <sighs> about saying to the doctor, could you just write six foot on there just so I don't have to say anything I to mean, Dustin? I mean, I literally stood up against the wall and I was like, six foot, right? And she's like, actually you're six foot and one inch and i was like no and she's like yes that is how tall you are and she's like step away i'm gonna leave it right here so you can see it and i stepped away and it was six foot and one inch is maybe a hair over one inch and i was just instantly frustrated it was the worst day of my life <laughs> if it makes you feel any better we just had our measurements done for our new life insurance policy mm-hmm. because we're adulting so hard uh, recently. And, um, you're six, three, I was right at six. <laughs> I was six, two, actually. <laughs> no, I was right at six foot, Damn. right on the nose. Damn. Right on the nose. That's where I, where I yeah. used to be 10 years ago. You don't, you think when you hit 25, you're done growing. Apparently not. Apparently some people still got another inch in them. Dustin, I got, a, I got another thing to say to you. Uh, we talked a few episodes ago about an Instagram analytics app that I was using. And I said Instagram had been setting out like some warnings, like you might have your account shut down if you use the app. I barreled through, kept using it, still going strong. Uh, today, some of my accounts got shut down and I had to change their passwords because I was using that app. And it really mm. pissed me off because the app is literally just doing like analytics and like tracking who follows you and who unfollows you. Like you can't use it to like spam like people or ah, it's frustrating. So yeah, I got a, I got a thing saying I had to change my password on a few of the Instagram, the old Instagram accounts because my password had been given out to an app, which was being used to like accrue likes or something. And I was just like, I have, I've never been so upset. like literally literally this is just giving me like a two month long like vision on my analytics so i can see what's working and what's not working as opposed to how instagram does it which is like you can see one week and then the week previous and that's it (sighs) it's frustrating for me so frustrating so i'm sorry dustin you the funny thing was you texted me earlier today asking for the name of the app (laughs) and it was like no this literally an hour ago i had to change my passwords dustin I know. And if you could send me those new passwords now, I'm having trouble with... Uh, logging into my accounts. All, logging into all your accounts, yeah. exactly. Oh, Dustin. Man, this is terrible. I feel like Hawkeye. And you're just Black Widow whipping my ass today. Mm. Call me the Sassassins. Uh, Dustin, no. let's do some beer talk. What, what, are you, what are you drinking tonight, bud? 
I am drinking a great Brewdog Ale. It's a punk IPA postmodern classic. Mm. 5.6 alcohol per volume. Delectable delight. One of my favorite breweries. Yeah. That I've come to love yeah. ever since uh, someone on our show James recommended Kelly. them. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the episodes we do? Do you remember the episodes we do? Uh, I don't know. How's the taste? What's wh- what's it got? Any, what what are the flavors? What are the notes? Oh, this one this one has a a, a lot of fragrance to it. It's a it's a, actually their flagship IPA with light golden classic has been subverted with new world hops, creating a devastating explosion of flavor. Mm. Uh, it's got some caramel malts. I love it when you just ar- kill somebody's copyright by reading what the can says word for mm-hmm. word. Somebody wrote Tropical that. Somebody fruit, owns that, Dustin. <laughs> all about the right of grapefruit, pineapple, some notes of preceding a spiky bitter finish. Mm. Spiky bitter finish? Yep. That doesn't sound like something you'd like. I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm I don't amazed. like the spiky bitter finish. I thought I knew so much about oh, hey. you, and I'm finding out I Whoa. know nothing. Her past gallery must be finished. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like you just landed on Earth or something. Oh, the the quality of the video call got better. And no, I wasn't even looking at you. The audio was like was like going off walkie-talkie mode to back to a cell phone call. Wow, that, that's what I love to hear. The video quality hasn't improved, but the audio has. No, that's just my face. Sorry, bud. Oh, damn it. What kind of doctor did you go to? The one that makes you uglier every year. I've been going to him for a while. I lied about not going for 10 years now. I really haven't gone for 10 years. It's real bad. Yeah, they stretch me out on a table and they bring me back to life. (laughs) Secretly like a Frankenstein type thing. The doctor I go to is called a mortician. (laughs) <laughs> Not Morticia, Mortician. Yeah. It's a, it's a male doctor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Call him Mort. So what are you drinking tonight? Dustin, I'm back on that Taxman Brewing Company Investor. Uh, you know, I, I was on it the other week. It's just a Belgian-style golden ale with honey and vanilla. Mm. And it's got it's a like, good... It sounds like... It's got a good, good smell to it. It's a, It smells a little boozy, probably because it's 8.5%, but uh, I like it. I like it it's a true. lot. Yeah. I like those boozy beers. That's just kind of who I am. That's how I am. I had I had a drink last night, and it's funny because I didn't want to order it at the bar I was at. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to order this drink, Stephen, because I was like, Stephen would ridicule me if I ordered this drink. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the person next to me at the bar ordered it, and I'm sitting there all night looking at this drink thinking, God, that looks so good. How much and fruit was like, in Why it? don't you... Why don't you order one of those, Dustin? And I was like, but but Steve would would just like kill me if I ordered one of those. But if we've learned so, anything tonight, it's that I'm wrong. I'm always wrong. So my, You're always right. Well, that's that's apparent. So my wife ordered me one while I was in the bathroom, and I came back and I and I drank it, and I was like, was it God, good? Was it so good? So what good. was it? It was a old fashioned mm-hmm, with fruit in it. But it was a blackberry old-fashioned. I, I would probably get down on that. That sounds pretty good. It was so good. Would, did it, it have was, like some blackberry currant in it? Hmm? I have no idea. I 
I was hoping maybe at some point I could take you to this place and you could dissect what was in it so that I could make it at home. I'm sure you could ask for a recipe <laughs> or look it up online. Blackberry old fashioned. You could Google that one. Yeah, we were out celebrating with the campaign team. Oh, nice. Um, like a victory party. So everything was paid for. So I had three more of those. <laughs> nice. So by the time we were leaving, I didn't have the sense to, I meant to take a picture of like the bar menu mm -hmm. so that I could see what was in it. And um, you were just blotto I, by the time you had to leave and Corinne yeah, had to drive you home. Was, she had to carry you exactly. inside, drag you inside more than likely. Pretty much. That's why I was like, I should record a podcast last night. And I was like, nope. <laughs> Well, it's good because uh, I was busy last night, so we're all good here. Uh, Doesn't let's move into our topics, though. <laughs> you got big news tonight, Dustin. Uh, you've you've made the switch. You made the jump. Do you wanna do you wanna tell the listeners what you did over the Thanksgiving break? Uh, I was actually thinking, Steve, uh, about doing some sort of like Instagram live unboxing tomorrow. Yeah, and you can do that tomorrow. This episode won't come out till after that, oh, so it's all good. <laughs> I always forget. We're not doing this yeah, live. you got to remember how time um, works. Time, what is that? Time is a flat circle. <laughs> flat circle that's in a square. Um, I made the switch. I made the conscious decision due to lots of peer pressure from outside forces mm -hmm. to switch to Sony. Ooh. To switch yeah. my camera system. Uh, You're already I halfway figured, there, like... All your video yeah, stuff is switched I, over. I, correct. I already have three or four Sony lenses and three Sony bodies. Um, but I just felt, you know, I have about three, I had about two and a half weeks between Thanksgiving and my next wedding. So I thought, wow, what better time to try to offload as much gear, take that cash and reinvest it back into Sony stuff. Mm-hmm calculated up what I had in Nikon. I thought maybe I could get around $8,000 for all my Nikon stuff. Um, and that's about what I needed to get the Sony stuff I needed. So, so far I have ordered two A7-3s. Nice. Um, I have two... Uh, no, excuse me, three Godax flashes. Nice. Uh, two battery grips for the A7 threes, um, which I'm hoping come with batteries. I For $300 or whatever those puppies cost, they hopefully do. I haven't opened anything yet, so I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, I bought a 135 Sony G Master, which I'm really excited Ooh, about. That those lens. G Master lenses are nice. Yeah, so what I did is I decided to go cheap on the 85, and I actually bought a used 85mm lens mm -hmm. um, for like 500 bucks. So I went cheap on my 85, so then I could splurge. Did you get a G Master the, for the 85, or what would you get? Did you go like no, Rokinon no, like or cheap. something? Tamron? Well, Sigma? I was, so I was going to go G Master, and then I watched a ton of YouTube videos, and everyone kept saying that the 85 FE, which mm -hmm. is like Sony's new, like cheaper 85 that they just okay, put out. Yeah. So you stuck, stuck with the Sony's though. Still stuck with the Sony because I'm 
sort of convinced that Sony's autofocus when it comes to video will always be far superior to any mm-hmm. third party. They have very good autofocus. Um, and being that I do so much video, I figured it made sense to keep with that. I did someday when you grow up lens. and you learn how to manual focus, then you'll realize yeah. you don't need to be on Sony. You could be on any camera exactly. brand, but exactly. someday, someday when I retire, um, <laughs> when you retire and you have time to learn how to manual focus. Uh, it's sort of like when I tell people, you know, you don't have to text, you can call people. Right. And they're like, well, yeah, but they invented this thing called texting. And I'm like, yeah, it's sort of like the telegraph that they had back in the day. And then Alexander Graham Bell invented a way for us to, you know, send voice communication over phone lines. And then we've still reverted back to the old form of text message. Dustin, stop. Full circle. It's Steven, stop. <laughs> Contacting but, you um, from Noblesville, stop. And then I did buy one Sigma lens. I did get one Sigma lens, Stephen. I went third party for my wide angle. I got the 14 to 24 millimeters. Ooh, nice. Which is on back order. Mm. The Sigma stuff, it's in high demand because it's cheaper. And a lot of people like how it looks better than the uh, first party stuff. So I know Jen and I have a 50 millimeter from Sigma and two thirty-five millimeters from Sigma. And, uh, they're nice. They're very nice. I like them a lot. Yeah, it's just tough because it's sort of a mixed bag of reviews when it comes to the Sigma stuff. Ever like I've shot with it, I love it, but then I read people that say, you know, if you don't buy the Sigma like calibrator thing, you know, it's they're not worth buying because the autofocus can get so out of whack um, for no reason whatsoever. So you really need that calibrator. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys have one of those? Nope. Well, there you go. That answers that, listeners. Yep. Stephen Van Elk. Our, our Sigmas work fine, so <laughs> things are in focus. brought to you by Sigma. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be saying a lot more nice things about Sigma if that were the case. But, no, I, I'm still debating uh, on whether or not to get their Sigma 35 or the Sony 35. The Sony 35 is mighty expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if the Sigma 35 is anything like the one for the Canon, it's, it's, it's magnificent. It's very good. But it's so heavy. See, the, the upside to Sony's glass, other than the price being, you know, what a small body part would cost, mm-hmm. um, is that it's so freaking lightweight. Yeah. But, I mean, when I buy a lens, the first thought in my head is always, uh, I want to know if I throw this at somebody who would cave in their forehead. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's my mm-hmm. first thought every single time I buy a lens. Uh, I just, I want to know these lenses, they need to serve more than one function. If all they can do is take a photo, that's not enough. I need something that, you know, if somebody's trying to steal my gear, I can stop it. You like to think how many pairs of socks and underwear will I have to take out of my bag if I have to check this with all my lenses in it? Zero pairs. I mean, have you ever literally been in a situation where you're like, I got to lose a pair of socks to get this lens in? No, every lens you have is so heavy that it makes no difference. Your socks are so lightweight by comparison. We've we've had to shift things from bag to bag before at the airport. Yeah. Because you didn't weigh things before you got to the airport. Yeah. (laughs) We did weigh things before we got to the airport and then we get there and then 
for whatever reason, Corinne slipped one more thing in as we walked out the door. Mm, yeah, no, I'm not going to let you blame your wife for this because I've traveled with you and you don't know how to pack. When I traveled with you, we ended up having to check your drone because you put it into a container that was too big for the carry-ons. Do you remember that? Do you remember uh, that? It's not too big for the carry-on. It was just... Too okay, big for the carry-on. Right. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. It was. But in my defense, when I bought the drone, the case was described as a carry-on size case. And they also made you count your bag, your personal item, as a carry-on because it was too big to be a personal item. So I don't trust you with traveling and packing at all. Not in the least bit. That was one bad experience. (laughs) Don't let that color you for the rest of your life. (laughs) Dustin, you buy anything else? Uh, let's see. Three flashes, three lenses, two bodies, two battery packs. Um, da, 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 da. I think that, oh, I got the 90 millimeter macro. Nice. Um, which was completely an accident. Um, <laughs> wait, I used... you just accidentally added it to your cart on Amazon or B&H no. or wherever and accidentally so hit buy and accidentally entered your credit card information and your shipping address accidentally so i i use a service uh to buy all of my gear called green toe you've talked about it before on the podcast uh-huh so how it works is you put in what you're willing to pay for the item um sort of like an ebay and then the service goes out and looks for retailers that would be willing to and you, you come close really, to your offer. Really lowballed a ninety millimeter macro. I really lowballed a ninety millimeter macro lens, <laughs> thinking like, oh, it'd be nice to have a macro. And I've heard really good things about you know the Sony one, and but I hadn't decided if I was going to go cheap and do like a Tamron because you know all I really use a macro for is ring shots, um, but it is really great for video. And, uh, so I was like, oh, I don't know if I really need one right this minute. And then I was in the car. We were, we were coming back from something. Both my kids were screaming. My wife was driving and, and I got like a notification on my phone that like green toe had, you know, like I had gotten like a response to that offer and I swiped over on it. Like, you know, you do on notifications, like a text message, like a Tinder like I swiped yeah. over. And I turned to like, try to get my kids to be quiet. And you swiped right. And, and, <sighs> and as I, I looked back down at my phone, I had, I had hit the accept offer button. Nice. And it, like eBay, it's sort of like, boom, it's not, I don't want to say permanent, but it definitely makes it challenging if you want to go like you, I would have to have gotten back on my computer when I got home and like mm-hmm. gone through the process of emailing and canceling the order. And then I totally forgot about it the next day until I got the email saying that the lens had shipped. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So I was like, yes. So this morning, a 90 millimeter macro showed up up on my door. (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. Jen and I have two 100 millimeter macros for our uh, Canon stuff. And I love that lens. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it too. That's my, one of my favorite lenses to shoot with on a wedding day when I'm doing video. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Uh, because I don't own an 85 or <laughs> and sorry, that's like the sorry. closest focal length. Yep. <laughs> so you're using the extreme wrong lens, but yeah, got it. But you're mm-hmm. getting an 85 now, so you're all good. Yeah. I have the 85. But now. you can uh, have your uh, backup person on a, on the 90. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. 
Oh, beautiful, Dustin. Beautiful. It's really great for um, like those makeup shots. Mm -hmm. Like when you're doing video and you want to like get that like super focused, like eyelash brush shot or the lipstick going on. And, uh, but you don't want to be like right up in their grill. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And typically I found macro lenses are like super sharp. Yeah. Typically. But there's so little that's in focus. (laughs) That's what I love about it. Yep. It's what I love, Steve. Mm-hmm. That micro, like razor edge level. You don't of sharpness. want the eye in focus. You want one eyelash in focus. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to show all those other imperfections. <laughs> just, you want the corner the of the eyelash. eye to look out of focus. That's where your yes. focal length needs to be. Yes, one hundred percent. Glad you're with me here, Steve. One hundred percent, bud. Don't worry about it. So I have to ask, does me making the switch, does that influence you at all? Does that make you a little like, oh, oh. Doesn't I got to tell you, uh, I came so close to buying a Canon EOS R uh, over the Thanksgiving break. I was super excited for it. I basically, I want something to replace my, right now we have two 5D Mark IVs, two 5D Mark Threes, a 5D Mark II, and a 7D. And I've been having to use the 5D Mark II and the 7D on multiple occasions, like while doing video shoots, because we have so much gear out in different places. And I so wanted to get rid of needing to depend on the 7D and the 5D Mark II, um, just because like they can't do 24 frames per second, they can't do 60 frames per second, like they're they're locked in at like 30 frames per second. So, just not uh, cameras I really enjoy using. Um, because mm-hmm. I feel like they're limiting me in what I could be doing. Um, sure. But, uh, Unlike Sony yeah. would be. Yeah, so I, I really wanted to get a Canon EOS R to solve that problem, and I just couldn't pull a trigger. But I did uh, I did buy something over the Thanksgiving break. Uh, oh. Yeah, I got a new monopod. A drone? I already have oh, a drone. Oh, which monopod you get? Um, I cheaped out, and I just got a Benro, because I already have a Manfrotto with a... Benro's a good one. That's a solid monopod. I already have a Manfrotto, and I love my Manfrotto, and... Uh, I find myself on the Manfrotto all the time, but for a lot of the like video shoots we have done or are doing in the future, it's going to be me and like a second shooter. And I've just found like over the past year, I can't rely on my second shooters to have like their own gear all the time. A lot of times they have to use my gear and a lot of times they don't have, uh, yeah, when you hire me. (laughs) That's why you don't hire me anymore. Um, but a lot of times they don't have monopods or tripods and stuff like that. And I I want to be on a monopod basically all day long if I'm shooting a wedding um, because I want the footage to be stable. I don't want to have to apply like a stabilizer to it in post. Even with like IBS, I just feel like it's not ever stable enough um, to go mm-hmm. handheld. And that's just a personal thing. Not everybody feels that way. So I want to be like on a gimbal or on a monopod basically all day long or a tripod. Do you own a gimbal yet? I do. I own the Zion Crane. One or two? Uh, I think it's just the one. So, um, gotcha. so I bought the Benro Monopod because I wanted something for if I have a second shooter for them to use, or if for no, some reason my Manfrotto breaks, I can back up to the Benro. I I feel like Benro makes really good heads, like really inexpensive heads yeah. for all their stuff. Um, like Luke, who I shoot with a lot as a, a Benro tripod and a Benro monopod. And sometimes I'll find myself actually using his Benro tripod mm-hmm. in place of my 
uh, monopod because I like the um, head a lot more than mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't so, know, man. It's just that didn't uh, sound sexual at all. <laughs> How many times can you say "head" in this sentence? I, I looked around at a lot of stuff though, but um, Manfredo is a brand I trust because I've used it for so long, and it's just like all of my Manfredo gear I've owned for like the last five years, and it all still just works, like no problems ever with anything. And then, uh, but doesn't doesn't Manfredo feel like it would be a character in like The Hobbit? It's my man, Fredo. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I got you there. I I know where you're going with that. Um, But Benro is like the only other brand I've seen other videographers use, like when I'm shooting photo and they're doing video, that they don't complain about all the time. Like I've seen a lot of people with, uh, what's it called, Milibu? And basically everybody I know who uses Milibu complains about it. And then there's like a bunch of other things like iFootage or iCam or something like that. And everyone I know who uses one of those complains about it all the time. Uh, But Benro, nobody complains about. So I figured it was 200 bucks cheaper than like the comparable Manfrotto. And I was like, for a backup monopod or for my second shooter's monopod, like that's good enough. Then I also bought a, I bought some Rogue filters rogue filters yeah and i bought some uh more young neo flashes but i, I bought the young neo flashes <laughs> before thanksgiving break but i like that brand i like it a lot i mean you know it's you break it you buy a new one it's not a big deal um they're we so cheap really see if we can get young new to sponsor this podcast yeah no uh everybody i know is like go godox go godox they're like it's so cheap for how good it is or whatever and i'm like yeah but young neo gives me all everything i want from the godox and it's like a third of the price still. I did a bunch of research when I was trying to decide if I should make the leap of going Young Nuo or Godox for Sony. And the biggest thing people kept coming back with was color temperature consistency mm-hmm. um, between the two brands. So the thing I've noticed, because Jen and I have Canon flashes and then we have like six Young Nuo flashes now. And the Young Nuo flashes are a little bit bluer than the Canon flashes. So that's why we bought three more because it's just like now we can use their Canon flashes as backups and we can be on all young new for everything. Until they break. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had the three that we have now we've had for two and a half years, no problems with any of them. So uh, I'm not too concerned about it. We did have like a young new flash that like broke and Jen just replaced the door and then it was fine again. Um, it broke because somebody knocked it over. So basically, we've had a lot of Canon flashes get knocked over, and a few of them break as well. And Jen also has fixed those. She's super handy with that kind of stuff. So I'm not too concerned mm. about it. But also, Young Nuos are at the price point where it's like if one of them broke and we couldn't fix it, I would just order another one off Amazon, and it'd be here in two days, and I'd be fine, and I'd move on with life. So I'm yeah. not too concerned. And we have like three Canon flashes as backup flashes, so... I just, I wanted to make a, I wanted to get more flashes because we just, when Jen and I split up and we're shooting weddings on the same day at different times, different places, it's just like, we, we just need more gear. <laughs> that's why we have 200 millimeter micro macros. Uh, you know, that's why we have three or four or 50 millimeters you know, like we just, we have a ton of different gear because when we split up, we just need it for different stuff. And that's like, if I'm doing photo, she's doing photo and we have a video team and stuff like we just, we need a lot of stuff. That's... Oh man, it just feels like that's the point our business has gotten to where it's like we have too much stuff, it feels like. <laughs> Maybe we need to pare back a little, but 
You know, you can rent. Too. Yeah, I don't like I don't like renting. I'd rather just have it. I'd rather just have it, Dustin. Every time I rent, I feel I'm like, why way. am I doing this? I'm paying. You've like, seen my camera. I'm bag. paying a third of the price is what it would cost to buy whatever it is I'm renting most of the time. It feels like so. That's true. It's like why don't I just buy it? And if I do three weddings, then I'm good. But uh, so I bought Rogue filters. Do you use um? Do you use gels filters on your flashes? Uh, I do not. I had this vision. I. I think middle of the summer I invested in MagMod. Yes. Um, stuff for my flashes. And I had this like fantasy that I was going to get really into gels mm-hmm. and do like crazy gel stuff um, at my weddings. And I have yet to do any of that. So, so Jen and I, we looked at MagMod, but it was like, what is it? Like 200 bucks per MagMod fitting per flash? No, nah, I think... I think it was like 40. I got it when it was like on sale for $49 per flash thing. The ones I were looking at were so expensive. Maybe I was just on the wrong site or something, but they were super expensive. Well, their Black Friday sale was super appealing if I didn't already have yeah. like three of them. Yeah. So I was just looking at it and it was like, it's very expensive. And to get it, we'd need it for at least six different flashes, you know, six different Magmod things for six different flashes. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like spending that much money. Um, and in the past, Jen and I, we always bought uh, sticky gels and the sticky gels that we bought no longer are made. So we're kind of experimenting with different like gel things other than MagMod and the sticky gels that we used to use. And so we bought, uh, what is it called? Selens, which is like a super popular gel thing. It's basically like a rubber band and you put the gel in it and then the rubber band holds it on top of your flash. And uh, I tried that at a few different weddings I was at and it, the full CTO just looked green. It didn't look mm. the right color. Um, so I was very unhappy with it. And then, um, through my research, I stumbled across rogue filters, flash gels, whatever you want to call them for flashes. And I was just reading reviews and they had really great reviews. They're made, uh, they buy all their like filter paper from, uh, Lee filters, that company that everybody loves, you know? Um, and then the thing that really sold me on it though, was all their, uh, all their filters, all their gels, um, come with the. C- not the CTO, but they come with like the um, the the color printed on the actual gel. So like if you've ever used like one of those packs where it's like a rubber band and you like put the gel on and slap it on, it's always in like a uh-huh. thing where it's like uh, the gels, you have to put them back in the case in a certain order because it just has like a card in the case. It's like if they're in this order, this is where like the full CTO and the half CTO is. So if you ever mix up the order, then you don't know which gel is which, except for like by testing it out and eyeballing it and stuff. So that just never appealed to me because it's like now I have to like always keep track of where I'm putting these gels back in like their holder case. And if I put them back in the wrong place, like then then I'm just like screwed over and then I'm like going through trying to find them. But like the rogue ones have it just printed on. They also have printed on every single one of their gels. Uh they print on how many stops of light you're going to lose by using the gel as well. So it just seemed Mm. to me like this is a really well done thing. And, uh, the biggest complaint I found about it was people thought it was too expensive. So to get, to get a pack of the rogue, uh, filter gels for, um, for three flashes for like their color change, like stuff. Um, it comes with like three of her bands and then like three of the full CTO, three of the half CTO, three of the quarter CTO, three of the fluorescent, three of the daylight, you know, like three of each one. 
because it's like made for people who are going to be like shooting at a reception or like, you know, multi-flash systems because they're like when you're shooting with more than one flash, you need each flash to be gelled, you know? So it's actually like just seemed really smart to me and it cost uh, $19.99 per like color change pack that they had um, for like color temperature stuff. And it was like, for nineteen ninety nine, that's like three flashes taken care of, and I don't have to worry about it. Whereas, like this lens and like other competitors of theirs, it was like uh, nineteen ninety or fourteen ninety nine, but you only got like one of each color change thing. And it was like, I don't need like twenty different like gels that are red and blue and green and shit. Like, so as somebody who doesn't ever use gels on a wedding day, Steve, can you explain to the listeners why? you take the extra effort to gel your flashes during receptions like why basically every reception you've ever shot at dustin be balance every reception you've ever shot at um is more than likely going to be all tungsten light inside so if you use mm-hmm. like a naked flash on that your flash is going to be closer to daylight temperature um so if you don't have mm-hmm. it gelled to be tungsten colored mm-hmm. uh then your subject will either be blue and the background will be the right color or your subject will be the right color and the background will be super orange. And we've actually like heard from a lot of our clients over like the last few years that like one of the reasons why they went with us is other photographers, their photos at like receptions or whatever, or their photos at like conferences and like the uh, venues and stuff like that. Um, the photos looked orange because the people aren't like gelling their flashes and it just takes like two seconds to slap a CTO, like a full CTO onto each one of your flashes. And then you just shoot the rest of the night. Like it's not a system where you're like, you're changing out because like if you're shooting a reception, you just put like full CTO gels on at the beginning now, and now everything's the same so color. Just so I'm understanding this correctly. You would only do this though if you're doing off camera flash. No, you, you do it for on camera flash as well. Really? Yes. Interesting. Because your flash is going to be daylight temperature. Uh, if you don't have a gel mm-hmm. on it. So then if you're bouncing off the ceiling, it won't be as noticeable that it's like the wrong color. Um, but like that's like, it'll, it'll still be the wrong color compared to the rest of the lights. And especially if you're, you doing the, uh, if you ever do like direct flash, like if you're going for more of like a, like club photography yeah. sort of look, as opposed to like a no traditional one, no one wedding that. look, Correct. you say no one does that. We've been doing that at a lot of our weddings recently. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just want it to have like a more party vibe to it. We still use like off camera flash and then like on just camera flash camera that does down, that as well. Steve, and just party with the people that. Yeah. It's always just an option. Put Vaseline on your lens while you're at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we can do all those things. Um, but yeah, so we just want to have, we, we just want the lights, our lights to match the lights of where we're shooting. That's all it is. Uh, plus we use so, the, the. So if you're doing like the fake sunset stuff, you know, where you use your flash mm-hmm. to create like a fake sunset. So you, you want to use like a full CTO when you're doing that because you want it to have like a warmer orange like glow to it. So like we, we do a lot of like fake sunset flash type stuff now just because the past few years in Indiana, it just seems like our our weddings have all been in like gloomier days and clients still want sunset shots. So we have to figure out a way to create that for them. Um, because that's like one of the things most clients want. And so we just, uh, you know, I guess we could do it in Photoshop and it'd take a really long time, or we could just do it with a flash on the day and it takes a few seconds. It's true. Did you ever think about looking at the MagMod stuff like on eBay or no, Facebook? Dude. Or? No, I typically don't trust eBay and I definitely don't trust Facebook. Jen trusts Facebook. I do not. 
For the same reason I don't trust eBay. So the first camera I ever bought for Jen was a Nikon D200, I want to say. It was like 12, 11 or 12 years ago when I bought it for her. Um, it was like right before we got married. And um, I bought it off eBay. It was a decent price, um, but it was like competitive with other like Nikon cameras. And uh, it was there was something wrong with it. Like, and there was no way to get money back because like, we didn't realize there was something wrong with it at first because it's not like when it came in, we immediately took it out and started shooting with it. Like the day it came in, you know? Uh, so it just, it was darker than it should have been. Um, and so there's, I think there's something wrong with like the sensor or something like that. Cause like we talked to other people who had the same camera and they never had that problem. Um, and then it was stolen and then we switched to Canon. So, you know, it was a happy ending in the end, but uh, ever since then, I just don't trust eBay because I just feel like there's there's no way of knowing if the thing you're getting is going to be fully functional. And that's the same reason why I don't trust like Facebook. I would much rather trust something like Amazon buying like a used or refurbished product from there or buying like a used or refurbished product from like Canon or Apple or, you know, like from like the company that makes it um, just because I feel like there's more accountability there. Whereas like eBay, I mean, what's the, like the camera still took photos. They were just darker than they should have been. What am I going to do? Like eBay's not going to back me up if I say, um, yeah, no, it actually looks a little bit darker than it should. I don't feel mm -hmm. like I'm getting all the light I should on this sensor. Um, so yeah. Hmm. Maybe I should, um, sell all my stuff on eBay. Is that what, how much of your Nikon gear have you sold now? Cause you're trying to sell all your Nikon stuff now that you switched over to Sony. Correct. I have sold one, two, three, four, four lenses and two bodies. Nice. See, and that's a difference too, because like if I shot Nikon and you were selling a bunch of Nikon stuff, I would actually consider buying from you because I know you and I trust you. It's just like eBay and Facebook marketplace. I don't trust cause I don't know the people. It's like going on Craigslist. You just never know what you're getting yourself into. The 70 to 200s were the first things to fly off the shelves. Yeah. Um, I underpriced my flashes. Mm -hmm. I didn't really look at how much Nikon brand flashes were going for. I just was like, 75 bucks. That sounds good. Oh, Half that's the cheap, price man. of a Godex. Yeah, that's cheap. And yeah, didn't really think that one through. So those sold really fast. Um. And then think, uh, I sold my 14 to 24, uh, which I probably put on, on out for sale a little prematurely because I still use that a lot for real estate. Mm -hmm. And you don't um, have your 14 to 24 for your Sony's yet. I don't. Yeah. That was the first lens I bought. I bought that the same day I put everything out for sale thinking, wow, I'll get that in like a couple of days. By the time this lens sells, it'll be good. Did you buy that on green and toe as well? Yep, and then I got an email today saying it was back ordered. Mm, fun times. Are you going to need to B and H or Amazon that one in to you? Well, I sent a very nasty email to Green Toad this morning saying I think it's a little unacceptable um, that you have retailers that are willing to provide a discounted price, which I appreciate, but then for that retailer to not even have the item on hand, yeah. and then they wrote me back saying that that is against their corporate policy, and the retailer is supposed to have the item on hand. But they assumed due to the high volume of Cyber Monday, Black Friday, yada, yada, maybe they sold out of the item before they got around to processing my order. Mm -hmm. 
but they will check in with the retailer. Oh. And the retailer will say whatever anything. they need to say to not get dinged for this. So, Right. And I just want to be like, hey, Green Toe, can you find another retailer to just fulfill the order? Mm-hmm. It's a 14 to 24 Sigma. I can't imagine it's really that in demand of a lens. <laughs> you say that, but this company sold out, so... Yeah, because they probably had like two in stock and somebody bought it over the holiday weekend so that they could do fancy photos. Somebody walked into the store and bought it. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that is what happened. And they were like, well, I'd rather have the money now than this guy who might uh, well, cancel the they order. probably sold it for $100 more yeah. to them than what I got it for. Yep. Oh, man, that sucks. I'm sorry, bud. Hey, Dustin. So j- just for the record, by using Green Toe, I saved on average $100 to $200 per item. That's awesome. And it was all from authorized Sony dealers in the U.S. So, yeah. Very nice. Dustin, so leading into the Thanksgiving holiday, you're doing a bunch of Santa sessions, and you said you wanted mm-hmm, to talk to mm-hmm. me about how your testing went with Facebook Live to try to sell your Santa sessions. Dustin, how'd that go? How'd, yeah. your, how'd your Facebook Live engagement look? Uh, it looked really good. Uh, I did a couple tests in regards to doing Facebook Live with our um, business page, like our photography page versus my personal page because I was thinking, gosh, with Facebook hating business pages, I bet you my engagement and my reach on my personal page will actually be greater mm-hmm. than that of my business page. And I was sadly mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I talked to a guy this morning who specializes in Facebook marketing. That is his entire job. Yeah. Uh, I want to take this guy out for coffee and just pick his brain for a few hours. Is he in Fort Um, Wayne or did he contact you on LinkedIn to try to sell you his services? No, he contacted me to take headshots of him for, to update his like Facebook ads that he's going to be running to try to sell his services. No, he actually, um, so he actually got started with a company that sells, not, never mind. I don't even want to talk about this. He (laughs) said he was going to check out my podcast. (laughs) Oh. But, um, so scratch that off, <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Um, but yeah, so I was talking to a guy today that, um, stressed that Facebook pushes video content above all, like more than your normal status updates, more than your, definitely more than your photography or like your just standard stagnant picture updates. And I already knew that, but he said that the live content even goes beyond any other content. They push that out more than anything else. And so, and I knew that deep down, but wow, boy, did I not realize. I mean, we, we were seeing reaches in the thousands mm-hmm. um, with our business page. The problem with that is so, that a uh, video reach, all they have to do is watch for like three seconds and they don't even have to turn the sound on. They could just be scrolling past it and Facebook will be like, well, that counted. Boom. Mm. So you really got to dig into like your stats and see how long people watched for. Cause it might say your reach is in the thousands, but they might've just scrolled right past your video without even watching a second of it. And Facebook was like, Oh, it's on the screen long enough. We got, we count that one. 
Right. Which is like the upsetting thing about Facebook and video. Like, I mean, it's upsetting with YouTube too, but at least YouTube, it's like if somebody's watching your video, they're actually watching your video unless you put it up as an ad in another video, which is a whole different thing. But I could talk about advertising forever. So, well, I think the most infuriating thing, my biggest takeaway from this weekend is so I promoted these stupid ass Santa sessions Mm -hmm. more than I promoted anything I've ever done. Yeah. Um, because I was terrified that we would get nobody and that we were paying a ton of money for this Santa Claus to come to our house for two days. Uh, we paid for hair and makeup for two days. Um, you know, we rented pipe and drape to turn our garage into this like awesome studio. And so I was just like, I'm going to lose money. I am going to lose money on this. So I promoted the shit out of this for two weeks and we booked about 50% of the sessions I wanted to book, but we booked enough to, to get a net positive. Um, how net positive? Because I know well, how much you paid the Santa. Doing, <laughs> I was thinking about doing a whole breakdown and putting it on the Patreon. That'd be awesome, yeah. For, the, for those out there who are interested in doing something like this in the future. And what I've learned from it and what I think I'll do next year. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Okay, I'll do that. Um... But I forget. I lost my train of thought. Santa sessions. So you can go to stephendustinsavetheworld.com to get Dustin's full breakdown of uh, his Santa sessions. Um, but just uh, overall net positive, barely net positive, though, I assume. Barely barely net positive. Um, That's a 40 oh, sessions booked at $50 a piece. My frustrations for the weekend were that I was doing all, I was doing some other photo shoots the last few days and I was running into people that follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, are big fans of my work. Like I was bumping into them at these holiday functions I was hired to photograph. Mm-hmm. And I would tell them like, oh, we missed you at our Santa sessions. And like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know about it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me like i promoted the hell out did of did you send stuff. an email out to your past clients about it these weren't like necessarily past clients these were like people who are a part of these different organizations you that i shoot need for. to put together an email list and get these people from these organizations on your email list so when you do something like this you can blast it out to them and get them there yes that that is one takeaway that I realized after this weekend. Yeah, because, I mean, your email list will go out to everyone on the email list. And, I mean, they can say, oh, that's spam or I don't want to read it or whatever, but they're going to get the email. So they won't have the excuse of, I didn't even know about it. Well, so, like, for example, one organization I photograph for is the local Fort Wayne Medical Society um, and then also the Fort Wayne Medical Society Alliance, Mm -hmm. which the alliance is all of the wives of doctors. So they throw a lot of holiday functions. And husbands of doctors, you sexist asshole. No, I tried to join and they were like, we've never had a husband of a doctor try and join And then before. you called them sexist assholes. <laughs> nice. I did, I did actually. Because um, they didn't realize my wife was technically a doctor. Um, but anyways, all of them like follow our work, love me. Mm, and wait, stop, stop, children. stop, stop. We're going to go back. Just say they didn't realize my wife is a doctor, not is technically a doctor okay just i don't want you to belittle your wife in the podcast so let's do that one more time belittling it doctors belittle her (laughs) okay but let's just do that one more time so it doesn't sound like you're belittling her 
my wife is a doctor. They don't realize my wife is a doctor. Take it from the top. They, they don't realize my wife is a doctor, even though most doctors don't look at PTs as real doctors. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. I mean, they go to medical school. They do all the uh, training, everything too. So, and I and I think PTs even belittle other PTs who have doctorates. Mm-hmm. Like no one ever calls her like Doctor McKibben. It's just Corinne. Not even so, McKibben. They don't. They don't just go last names with her. Like a like a sports nope. sports ball sort of thing. Uh, so whenever I call in to talk to her. Um, because half the time she doesn't have her phone on her. I always like talk to the receptionist and be like, "Is uh, Doctor McKibben there?" So they always they always know it's me. Just <laughs> like to affirm that you know she is in fact a doctor. Mm-hmm. So I derailed you. I'm sorry. Uh, let's get back okay. to where you were. These oh, people so, don't know. So th- yeah, and so it's like, it, how do I get them on an email list? You know what I mean? Because they're not necessarily like their organization hires me. So I need to get like an email, like I need to send it to the head of the organization and then ask them. Their organization hires you. Do you do photos of the people at the organization at any point in time? Like no. photo booth, photo headshots, anything like that? I do you do, do their headshots, events. but cool. I at send their, that to their, the head of the organization. At their events, you just have a business card sitting out at like wherever you're like stationed or whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. you just have something that's like, hey, shoot me an email if you want access to the photos. Or, you know, go here and have so your they email. just have a, the organization has like a Google Drive mm-hmm. that I just put all the photos on that everyone, a part of it has access to. Post the photos on your Zenfolio or something, you know. <laughs> there are ways to get around this, Dustin. Get their email. Just get your phone out, Dustin, and just start asking them for it. Yeah, I'm serious. If you if you wanna you wanna increase that email list, just say hey. I think I think Mailchimp and like those kind of services do have some sort of mm-hmm. uh, like thing where you can like pass your phone. Or I've seen people use it at bridal shows to like capture emails. You, I mean, if their company puts it on a Google Drive, or you dump it on the Google Drive, and then everybody in their company has access after it's on the Google Drive, you could even just have something else that's like, uh, shoot me an email or submit your email, and I will uh, blast send a blast out when the photos go on the Google Drive so everybody knows, or something like that. And you do that, and then the company's like, what the hell were you doing? And you're like, but I already got those emails. <laughs> I already got those emails. <laughs> or, or do something yeah. else. Like say, hey, uh, while I'm here, I'm going to do headshots of everybody, or I'm going to do a photo booth that I wasn't you know, scheduled for. And since I wasn't scheduled for it, it doesn't go on the Google Drive, but you can all have access to it if you do this or whatever. You know, If you, if you really want to get them emails, mm. emails are valuable, man. Until you get flagged as spam by too many people. And then it's, they're not valuable anymore because they go to everybody's <laughs> spam drive on Google. Wow. Wow, Steven. Yeah. No, it's marketing 101.5. Doesn't... So if somebody marks your email as spam in Gmail too many times, like and different people do that, mm-hmm. every Gmail account you send your emails to go to spam? Have you ever looked in your spam folder on Gmail and been like, well, I never marked this person as spam. How'd they get thrown in there? It's because a bunch of different people marked them as spam. Uh, and then G- Google as like a whole is like, oh, so many people think this is spam. It must be spam. So it just starts sending them to your spam folder. So like legitimate like email lists you might have signed up for because you want to receive them 
other people might have in such great quantity said this is spam because they don't want it or they signed up for it too, but they just are bored with it or whatever, that then it goes to everybody's spam. Hmm. Interesting. So you should probably use different emails for like marketing lists. Then you're like Dustin at DustinandCorinne.com or whatever. Yeah. You should probably yeah. use a different email for your big like marketing sure. list than than your like personal yeah. one or, or your like business one that you do all your emailing through. Just to be on the safe side. Just to be on the safe side. I like to use my Steven at Dustin. Steven Van Alk at DustinandCorinne.com. Yeah. Like, you got complaints? You send that to Steven Van Alk. Don't worry about it. You want to report somebody to the Better Business Bureau? Look up Steven and Van Alk. He is our CFO. Oh, man. I shouldn't joke about this because I made a joke that if you created a fake Instagram account parodying, parodying me, that it would be great for me because then it helped me get verified because if I can prove there's people trying to like fake that they're me, it would help me get verified, you know? Somebody created mm -hmm. an account called the real underscore Steven Van Elk. Really? Yep. And there's only one photo on Hold it. On. And Hold I did on. a reverse I, I did a reverse Google image search on the one photo I saw on it. And it's of a photographer named Charles Hacker, who I'm pretty certain is not a listener to this podcast. So I have no idea who did this. Whoever you are, my hat's off to you. Tip of the hat from Steve Van Elk. Uh, you know, you don't ever need to take ownership of this. If you did, I would uh I would respect the hell out of you. But you don't have to. It's part of the fun. Until one day when you do something terrible and then I want to murder you. But, you know, until then, it's part of the fun. All right, the real Stephen Van Elk. I need to follow this guy. Yeah, I followed or him. Or girl. Or her. Yeah, I followed this person. So so you did a reverse image search on the photo, but... It's, it's a photographer named Charles Hacker. It's definitely, I'm, I'm pretty certain, not a listener to this podcast. I think somebody just scraped this image and posted it as the only photo on this account. So... Good times. Good times. Unless they just had unless they already had an account and this was just a photo and they just changed the name. That could be it too, yeah. Maybe they took this photo. It looks like a selfie that the guy took though and posted to his Flickr or Quora, one of the two. Interesting. <sighs> Try really to record a podcast Hacker. with your good good friend Dustin McKibben. Some asshole named Ulysses Del Toro starts sending you text messages about how he's drinking Dragon's Milk Reserve. Good for you, Ulysses. You drink good beer. I'm just jealous. I'm so jealous. Dragon's Milk Reserve is so good. Can I stop vamping? Are you going to be done looking at this? Anytime uh, soon. Yeah. I can talk what more about Ulysses. Uh, Ulysses does the wedding photo podcast. I think he's got an episode coming out with Sally Psycho soon about SEO. I'm looking forward it's to it. Enough it's of gonna our be listeners yeah. uh, influence that, I think. <laughs> no, he had already asked Sally to be on the show before our listeners, sure, our, our sure. mutual listeners, listeners of both podcasts. If you listen Sally, to our podcast, you way, should listen to Ulysses. This is a good one. Sally, by the way, I am taking you up on your offer of doing your SEO test on my new Squarespace site. I don't think she offered that. Dustin, uh, you know, now that we're done talking about your... Uh, lame Facebook live stuff. I'm just joking. It's actually pretty interesting. Uh, can we talk about some Canon? Can we, can we talk about some Canon stuff, buddy? We talked about Canon. We talked about mm, how you wanted Dustin, the EOS R. Dustin. And then you were like, I, I, I didn't buy the I EOS R. Get it up. I couldn't, I couldn't buy that EOS R. And the reason was, mm -hmm. I was just like, it would be great for video and it would help me out so much, but I could never use it for photo. 
But guess what, Dustin? Mm. It's rumored now. EOS RR? The Canon EOS RS, which is going to be their pro <laughs> level, as they're calling it, uh, EOS R camera, which will have dual card slots, yeah, is going to be announced in February. And it's not only going to have dual card slots, it's going to have a joystick. That's right. They're getting rid of the slide button thing that a lot of people complained mm. about and said they just wanted a joystick. Why wouldn't they give them a joystick? And they're putting a joystick back on it. And it's going to have a 75 megapixel sensor. That's almost like a medium so, format camera at 75. Like 75 it's utterly ridiculous. So that you can shoot medium raw. <laughs> 75 megapixels? No, I'm going to be shooting small raw with that thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I'm imagining medium raw would be like 45 megapixels or something ridiculous. Yeah, medium raw is going to be like 45. Small raw is going to be like 30, which would put like small raw on the uh, Canon USR. And I mean, I'm just guessing here, uh, but it would put small raw on the Canon USR S around the same size as a medium raw on the Canon 5D Mark IV, which is what I typically shoot at like at weddings because who needs all those pixels? Not me, not who my clients. Needs all that raw. <laughs> it's just a waste of space. It's such a waste of space. So you're going to have to like invest in some uh, heavy duty SD cards. I have a ton. And dual. You're going to need dual SD cards. Oh my gosh. SD plus. cards are so cheap. I saw somebody posting about this great Black Friday deal where like uh, the SanDisk, um, SanDisk Extreme Pro cards, which are the ones Jen and I typically use, uh, were on sale for like $30. And I was just like, this isn't even a sale because Jen and I bought 128 gig, like that same exact card a month earlier. We bought like four of them for $19.99 a pop. And it's just like, they're so cheap now. So incredibly cheap. The CF cards, though, oh my gosh, those are expensive. A 128 gig CF card is like 100 bucks. It's crazy. That is the I thing I hate the most about Canon DSLRs. Um, but no, Dustin, the great news is Canon's also rumored to be making, I don't think we talked about this before, they're rumored to be making a mirrorless camera with a hybrid mount. So it's going to have an EF rf mount so you'll be able to use the new rf lenses or the ef lenses and you won't have to get that an adapter like a rumor that they would start just to keep people from bleeding their gear and switching to another system uh yeah i mean that does exactly sound like that because one of the big things about switching from like the canon cameras that you know, like the dslrs to the mirrorless is you have to buy all new lenses you can use adapters right. but it's like just the whole reason i'm switching yeah you can use it you're on Nikon anyway. Who cares about that? Right. Well, I mean, it, if I was to stay with Nikon and go Nikon mirrorless, I would still have to get new lenses. So mm -hmm. I'm like, might as well switch systems altogether. Yeah. Since I already have Sony stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard the Canon adapter is actually really good with the EF lenses. And a lot of people seem to be really enjoying that and thinking that it's worth it to just switch and use that. But I feel that too, where it's like, but I, I, I just, I don't want to, cause then it's like either. So then, so if you have an adapter, it's like the adapter's on, but then if you buy like one of the new RF lenses, which are remarkably better than like the EF lenses, as far as like the technology and everything now it's like, okay, if I want to switch from an EF lens to an RF lens, like I have to take the adapter off, put the adapter back on. 
But then if I want to go from like the RF to a different EF lens than what I was using before, now I've got to take the adapter off that, put it on the other one, now put it on. So it adds like another layer of like something to think about. Unless you just have the money, you could just buy like the adapters and put them onto the backs For of each one lens. of your lenses. Yeah. <laughs> But like, that's just so freaking expensive that it wouldn't be worth it. But yeah. So like having an EFRF camera would be awesome. And if that were like this EOS RS that's rumored to be announced in February, if that was the EFRF hybrid mount, like that'd be huge because that's supposed to be comparable to a 1DX. And if you look at like the pricing for like the EOS R, which is supposed to be comparable to like the 5D Mark IV, it's like so much cheaper than the 5D Mark IV was when it came out. It's still cheaper than the 5D Mark IV. So an EOS RS, which is supposed to be like same level as like a 1D or whatever, could possibly be like as cheap as like a 5D Mark IV DSLR. Like that's a game changer for the industry. But I mean, this is all just speculation, so it's not really worth talking about. But something that is worth talking about... out of those two cameras, which one would you get? The RS or the R? Or the fi- RS the, or the 5D Mark IV? The RS or the camera with the hybrid mount. Oh, like if they're two separate cameras? Um, mm-hmm. It would really depend on if the one, if if they make two separate cameras and one has a hybrid mount and one's like the RS, um, I'd probably go with a hybrid mount as long as it had dual card slots. Dual card slots is kind of like the thing for me um, in gen, just because we, we want to be able to shoot to two cards at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like when I told Jen there was like a Canon camera that's supposed to be announced in February that shoots to dual card slots and is mirrorless and is like on par or better than the EOS R that's out right now. Her first thing was, well, it's a good thing you didn't buy that EOS R <laughs> or the Thanksgiving Black Friday deals and everything. Because um, she wants to switch to mirrorless too because lightweight, lighter weight and everything and just... You know, it'd be nice the to have lighter the camera's lightweight. Lenses are super. The heavy. camera's on me all day, though, and the lenses might be a little bit heavier. But if I can get a lighter weight body in a fifty millimeter, that's like the same weight or just a little bit heavier than like my current fifty millimeter. You know, that's going to be a lot. That's going to be noticeable at the end of the day because I'm on the fifty millimeter Is a lot Sigma of the day. Sigma making lenses for the arm mount. That was actually just announced too. Sigma is going to start making lenses for the arm mount. They're going to make RF lenses i i they probably won't be called rf lenses but you know they're making rf compatible lenses yeah they just announced this weekend that they're going to be making a 24 to 70 for sony yeah like they already have a 24 to 70 but they're going to be making it with the uh sony mount yeah so they're, they're really not coming out fast enough i don't think with the sony mounts mm, Sigma. I'm, maybe they're hedging their bets because here's just something i want to get off my chest I'm getting so sick and tired of people saying that Sony is just, oh, why would you even buy anything else? Sony's Sony's the best in the marketplace. So just, you know, this is super old news. Came out like June or July, but 2018, Canon actually grew with regard to market share in the industry. While Sony and Nikon's market share both dropped, Fujifilm also grew. Canon and Fujifilm's market share in the mirrorless market grew. Sony's dropped. Overall, the market is getting smaller. Sony is now selling more uh, full-frame cameras than Canon, which would, uh, you would think full-frame cameras, more than likely that's going to be wedding professionals, other professionals buying. So they are probably overtaking the full-frame market, let's be honest, as far as pros go. But I'm just so sick and tired of people being like, if you're not on Sony, like you're not on like the future or whatever, because so many other camera brands are making strides 
there's no bad cameras out there. Even if you're getting a DSLR right now, like the DSLRs that are out there are really good. So, well, I also feel like when you and I got started in wedding mm -hmm. photography, uh, the rat race of technological advancements in cameras had us almost like feeling this need to upgrade every year. Um, That's how it feels now. Or at least again. every other year. And then there was sort of this plateau where they kind of hit this, okay, all cameras do video, all cameras are full frame, all cameras are awesome. And then they're like, okay, what can we do? Like high ISO, better autofocus, but it's like not necessarily needing it. So like, that's why I think people were on like the 5D2 and the 5D3 and same with Nikon, like the D800, D810, D750 for so long. Cause it just really wasn't like this huge need to upgrade anything. Mm -hmm. And then I think with the mirrorless, it's like, everyone's kind of like, wow, let's like, maybe we should wait one more year. Like, let's see what it does next year. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like with these Canon and Nikon cameras that came out where it's like, they only have one card slot and like most wedding photographers are going to want two card slots because of what happens if, you know, one of your cards corrupts or whatever. So it's a big deal for them to wait for a year or two years. And I think that's one of the reasons why Canon's going to be announcing like a dual card slot camera rumored this February. Cause they're like, we know that people are waiting. We know that people want to make the switch and we'll sell more lenses and we'll sell more camera bodies if we have that out there. Um, but I mean, overall, I mean, the thing that should really be concerning all of us as photographers is that the, the mirrorless slash DSLR, like the camera marketplace for like detachable lenses or interchangeable lens systems is shrinking. Like it dropped like 20% over across the entire market this last year. So in 2018, so we should all be mm -hmm. concerned about that because a shrinking market isn't good for any of us. Cause it means, I mean, Olympus is possibly getting pushed out. Like we, we saw that they're considering rumors are that they're considering just going with like medical imaging and ditching their like photo cameras and stuff altogether. And like the less competitors we have in the space, the less competition there is and the less innovation there is. Um, we don't want to go back to how it was like when Dustin and I first got started in wedding photography, where it was like, a DSLR comes out every three to four years that's new for the segment and mm -hmm. has advances that are sometimes barely noticeable. Like who knows? Like we would much rather as an industry have like more cameras coming out every single year that are more competitive, that are continuously pushing things forward and pushing prices down. Like one of the cool things about like the mirrorless market right now is like mirrorless cameras cost less than their DSLR counter counterparts. And a, a big reason why companies are doing that is because they sell lenses as well. And lenses are just as expensive, if not more expensive. But it yeah. makes a lot of yeah. sense for us as photographers. Like if we have more competition, then we, we, we can get better prices. We can get better gear in the end. And so what I would say to everyone out there is tell your friends to buy cameras. And if you're super invested <laughs> in Sony, don't tell them to buy Sony, tell them to buy anything else so that there's more competition for Sony. And so Sony keeps getting better, you know, tell them to buy Canon, tell them to buy Nikon, tell them to buy a uh, Fujifilm, tell them to buy a Panasonic, you know, Olympus, Olympus. Uh, I'd stay away from <laughs> Olympus right now. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We don't know what's going on that, with them, but. You mean that wouldn't be a good friend move? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dustin. Tell him to buy Sigma. Doesn't Sigma have a camera? Oh, we've been going real long on like the topics and the news. Let's do some Q&A, bud. But first, do you want to read a five-star review? <gasps> we haven't done that in a while. We have a five-star review? Can we read a one-star review? <laughs> nope. 
<clears throat> J. Michael said, advice from colleagues are always better. <laughs> Ranch on steak is just wrong. These two bring humor to the realities of being a photographer. Are you reading wedding. this poorly on purpose? <laughs> this is as J-, well as- J. Michael is Jason Mann, a photographer who Dustin <laughs> works with a lot. Dustin second shoots for him. He second shoots for Dustin. I don't know why <laughs> you're trying to make your good friend Jason sound like an idiot. <laughs> I am not. I'm just reading it as it is. Jason says Daniel. ranch on steak is just wrong. So this, this had to come shortly after I would say our second episode where you confessed to putting ranch on steak. Oh man. I don't, I I don't know this. what you're talking about. I think our second episode is entitled Ranch on Steak. Anyway, it's also the one where I sound like a chipmunk. Uh, These two bring humor to the realities of being a photographer, a wedding photographer, as well as very up-to-date informative information. Listening to them discuss the many topics is like the topping on the cake, not Ranch on Steak. I love that. There's a little rhyme there. I a little rhyme. have picked up some great pointers by listening and gained some valuable advice. Sorry, gain some valuable advice. Wow. Who's making them sound stupid now? It's me, because mm-hmm. I can't talk, mm-hmm. apparently. Just listen and learn. Also, listen for the conversation about the shoes. So it had to be after episode three, at least, where we talked about moon shoes. Or was that episode two as I think well? we talked about them in the same show. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was ranch mm-hmm. steaks and moon oh, shoes yeah. or something like that. It was like a whole episode of me just making fun of you and your life choices. And Jason Mann has never hired me again. <laughs> Oh, Jason, man. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve. Danielle from a random Facebook group says, how would you guys go about turning down a potential wedding client if you feel they don't see eye to eye? Should I try to make this work? Or when do you know it's time to say no? I don't care where the wedding is or what they look like, but they are ripping apart my contract. I purchased the contract from India Earl. Indy Earl, she's our favorite, doesn't she? Recommended people to listen. Literally, our biggest fans. Literally, I love her. Danielle also says though uh, that these clients of hers are also asking to see work of another photographer if my second doesn't show up. I'm not really sure why they are booking me because they don't want my included engagement session, and they didn't want the second photographer, which is also included. Can you help, Danielle? Dustin, can you help her? Yeah, Daniel, why don't you just go ahead and refer Stephen Van Elk or Dustin McKibben. Refer Stephen Van Elk um, at DustinCorin.com. Yep. He's our best associate. Um, very well reasonably priced. Um, yeah, I think that would ultimately be the, the ticket, the way to go. Um, and then we'll give you digital high fives in return. <laughs> yeah. Dustin, yeah. I'd be more than happy to shoot this wedding for you. Uh, you know, as long as you, one, pay me, and two, let me shoot on all your Sony gear, huh? Yeah. That's why we have it. That's why we have five bodies now. Ooh, five bodies. I love it. Uh, it's like a menage trois, quattro. <laughs> menage cinco? <Right? laughs> oh, my French is not very good. Are we getting back into the Black Widow trailer? Is this why you're doing a Russian <laughs> accent? You want to talk about that some more? Uh, menage Cinco. 
Do that trailer. It's awesome, you know? I, I don't blame you for just slipping into that accent, you know? You've been parent trapped. <laughs> Danielle, I gotta say, um, doesn't sound like this client and you are seeing eye to eye, as you said. They're, they're ripping apart your contract. They, they want to see work from another photographer in case your second photographer doesn't show up. Did you tell them your second photographer might not show up? Did... Real talk, Dustin. When you're using mm -hmm. a second photographer who's not Corinne, do you ever tell your clients that in advance? Nope. Why would I tell them that? Does your contract ever say, Corinne will be my second photographer? No. I'm just going to throw this out there. Anybody else out there running a business, um, your contract shouldn't say who the second photographer is um, your in case somebody has to cancel. shouldn't say who the first photographer is. <laughs> Let's be clear on that one. Yeah. You know, if you, if you can't show up and you got to send an associate and you got to do what you got to do. Our contract just says Dustin or Corinne or someone. Or someone. Real great legal <laughs> talk there. Dustin or Corinne or someone. I like to keep it open. It could, Which is why could every time I've had to cover anyone. for Dustin on the day, I've had to introduce myself as someone. Hello, I'm Steven Someone Van Elk. Most people just call me someone. You can call me some. You can call me one. It's spelled S-U-M-W-N. Someone. S-U-M-W-N? <laughs> There's not another vowel S in there? S-U-M-W-U-N. Someone. So, doesn't if, if Danielle wanted to just cut and run from this client, how should she do that? Uh, cut and run. It doesn't sound like sh the person is booked. Yeah. sounds like they're ripping apart the contract. Yeah. So there's not really any cutting. You just simply stick to your guns. You, you got to cut those ties. You just say, and don't want to work like, with you. Oh. Dunzo. That's what I'm getting at. You just pull the old, oh man, we just got another inquiry for your day. And I can shoot your I'm wedding sorry. for, if we added another $2,000 onto that booking. And the contract yeah, says exactly how it is. I don't know if you saw, but Danielle, I add an escalation clause to my contract <laughs> in the event that somebody else inquires. And for those of you out there that don't know what an escalation clause is, that means essentially you can raise your price. Even if you've already booked with business. me, if somebody else contacts me for the day of your wedding, mm -hmm. after you've signed the contract, because of the escalation clause, I am then legally allowed to open up the date to a bidding war between you and the other person. So, so we make fun of this and we, we joke about this and jest about this, but I had a bride recently ask me if this was normal practice because she had a, a caterer uh, reach out to her, like they're doing their like final meeting and they got their bill and the price was significantly higher than what they had booked at. And the caterer just referred back to their contract on the last page, last paragraph, it states something to the regard that if her prices should change from the year that they signed the contract to the following year, she has the right to change the contracted price. Oh my gosh. How is that legal to include in your contract? That's what I don't know is why the bride and groom didn't. I mean, I know somebody nobody reads the contract, read them, but I'm just like, that is a huge thing. And the caterer's like, Oh yeah. Every year we raise our prices. I can so raise the price without consulting you. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I was like, so they had to like downgrade what they were getting in food because she jacked the price up so much. Jiminy Christmas, that's terrible. That caterer is now out of business. I was going to say, should, should yeah, you would get a ton there. of negative reviews, which, I mean, negative reviews don't always put people out of business. Yeah. But yeah, the, needless to say, the couple was furious, and they told me a uh, week before the wedding, we don't want any photos that in any way, shape, or form uh, advertise on behalf of the venue. Wow. So it was the venue's catering team. Well, it, yeah. So, so wait, 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 you said the caterer's out of business. Is the venue also out of business? The venue is out of business. They did their own in-house catering, um, and then the couple i think they like wanted to so i think they ended up bringing in their own caterer i think at the end of the day wow wow because they were just so furious with the yeah the owner of this venue yeah who wouldn't be jeez that's a great way to go out of business yeah <sighs> if you're like oh yeah it's like ten dollars a head and then like you meet you know, six months later, you're like, oh, yeah, so the, I totally mispriced the p- price of meat and potatoes and bread. And so now it's uh, $20 a head because I need to go on a cruise. I mean, uh, because the price I mean, of the food is meat. more expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pigs. You know pigs. Oink, oink, you know? <laughs> you know what a hog is, right? Which is what I like to imagine is like hanging from the ceiling of the room you're in. And so you like have this curtain that you've drawn so I don't see these things hanging from the ceiling because it's like the... Nobody gets when you do elf. visual jokes based on the oh, this setup is not of a my joke room. For the listeners, this is just a joke Adam for Adam Herbert from... Adam Hebert? Hebert? It's got to be hey, Hebert. Bittert. Adam Hebert hey, from our very own Facebook group says, this was a first for me. We shot formals in first look in a cemetery. Anyone else? Mm, I think I've done it once. Done it once. I was shooting at a church out in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only shade that was provided was in the little grave area next to the church. So did you and have to I, dig the corpses up on your own or did they just come up out of the ground for the shoot or? I was a corpse bride mm-hmm. for sure. Corpse bride. Yeah. Was it a situation and, uh, where like a man just kind of tripped and accidentally slipped a ring on her finger that was sticking up out of the ground when he fell? I do. I do. Before we get too far down this rabbit hole, Steve, <laughs> I want to preface that Adam didn't say that this was a wedding. Mm. So I'd like to think that this was, uh, he was shooting a funeral and he's like, has anyone ever done formals in a first uh, look for a funeral? First look (laughs) in a cemetery, (laughs) which I think would be like totally normal. We opened the casket up at the cemetery. We didn't do, we didn't do a viewing. Uh, It was just, you know, right before we put him in the ground, open the casket up and we were like, all right, we want the family to uh, join hands and close eyes. You're all going to look down (laughs) at the ground. We're going to open the casket and then you're all going to look up at the same time and be surprised. It's like, what? That's uh, who we thought it was. (laughs) That's not our dog. Oh, oh, we put a Chewbacca mask on your dad. Don't worry about it. We he, he put it in his last will. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I just I mean, without the proper context of the question, Stephen, that's what I'm assuming. In our Facebook asking. group, he did share photos. It is of a wedding. So, ah, damn it, Adam, damn it, Adam. Um, 
No, there is a, there's, so there's a location here in Fort Wayne, um, near downtown that is like a historic graveyard. Um, and it has these epic, like, uh, like fountains and weeping willows. And I've seen other photographers manage to talk their couples into going there for portraits. Uh, and I have yet to be successful. Yeah. I love to talk couples into like doing the, uh, over my dead body shots where like you do photos of the <laughs> bride and groom on like one of their parents, uh, grave sites, you know, um, is that a thing? Is that, is that I really also, we, Jen and I like to sell the, uh, dancing in your ashes package where after they have their dancing mom or their dad cremated, um, yeah, they take the ashes okay. and they just, uh, kind of, you know, scatter them around them while they dance. Um, you know, these are just packages. These are just things that we do. Um, just ideas, mm -hmm. yeah. just ideas, yeah. just suggestions, really artistic ones. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is just America. You know, we just, we're just Americans doing American things over here. You know, <laughs> I don't know how they do you it do in these the, other countries, but where they yeah. mix ashes with tobacco, roll them into cigars and called smoking your loved ones. <laughs> oh, that has a whole no? different connotation, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not in your packages. No, no, it's not. But Phantom producer from Louie Novak from our very own Facebook group has one more question for us. Dustin tonight. Does anyone else find it difficult slash feel anxious to Always. delete unused photos you've taken, even though you know you'll never use them. But wait, I might, he says, just maybe. A laughing face, laughing so hard I'm crying face, laughing so hard I'm crying and I'm like kind of flipped on my side face. Oh, G-O-D. <laughs> I'm like the photo version of the crazy cat lady. Then a lot of cat emojis, so many cat emojis. There's cat emojis coming out of every orifice of this Facebook post. Louie, do you have six cats? He's got a lizard. I know that. A cool-ass mm -hmm. lizard, too. Dustin, uh, do you delete I, those unused photos? What'd you do? Uh, I'm kind of the crazy, crazy uh, cat lady of photographers, I guess, is in Louie's words. I keep everything. Dustin, um, I, I just want to... I just... I, I gotta... I gotta... I gotta... I'm sorry. It's a salesman in me, but... Mm. Could I interest you in a dancing in my photos ashes session with me and Jen? Um, we're going to take all those unused photos. We're going to put them on one hard drive for you. We're going to cremate them. And then we're going to take it. some photos of you dancing around in the ashes of the photos, the unused photos. I, I did this year go through and delete a lot <gasps> of unused photos. I was running low on space. And uh, I didn't feel like buying a new drive. Dustin, could I interest you in a over my dead hard drive uh, session where we take one of your hard drives that has died with a bunch of unused photos on it. We bury it in the ground and then we have you stand over the hard drive. And we, you know, part of the session is we do make a tombstone for the hard drive. Um, and it says <gasps> Dustin and Corinne 2011 to 2012. These photos lived hard, died too, too soon. Dustin has now stepped away from his microphone. I believe he's looking for a hard drive so he can book me for this very prestigious shoot. He's found a hard drive. Like, oh, it, like one of these? Yeah, 2009 to 2011. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I can't get rid of this one, man. There's good, good weddings on this if drive. If we don't bury it or burn it, the souls of those photos will not rest. Um, do you want to create a bunch of ghost photos running around uh, doing their ghostly things all over our universe, all over our world? 
Oh, ghost photos. Would have to get Harry von Vukamstein to uh, be there to help uh, capture it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect, we're at Wedding Photo Hangover on Instagram. Dustin, my man, McKibben, is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben, and Stephen is at Stephen Van Elk. If you want to join the awesome community of listeners, though, that contribute to this show every week, just like Adam Hever and Phantom Producer Louie Novak did this week, um, jump on over to the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. And if you want to help keep this podcast alive, head over to stephendustinsavetheworld.com. It's our Patreon. It's, you know, a link to our Patreon. And you can sign up to support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. On top of the benefit of knowing you're keeping a good thing going, because we got a good thing going here, you also get the benefit of extra content. Like Dustin's uh, thing he said he's going to do, where he lays out uh, how much money he made, all the expenses from this Santa session. So anybody looking to get into Santa mini sessions can get a good look at what it's like your first year almost failing but succeeding Mm -hmm. raw honesty yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you next time your head is pounding your limbs feel like dead weight and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death that's right next sunday after you shoot another wedding dustin have you been watching the mandalorian i have I actually watch it with my kids. You, you, you watch The Mandalorian <laughs> with your kids? Watch kids as The Mandalorian, Mando as I like to call him, shoots up a bunch of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's okay, there's no the blood. The last episode was a bit suspect, but um, like for appropriateness mm-hmm. for them. But otherwise, uh, they really enjoy it because yeah. they like the Yoda baby. Mm. They think that's fun and cute and cool. And they're always like, what's going to happen to the baby, daddy? The alien baby. And you're um, like, he might die this episode. The lasers and the tasers and all of that. Um, so I'm glad that Mando uh, went back for the Yoda baby because mm. that would have been real dark for my daughter. Because <laughs> she was like, uh, why is he dropping the baby off? With and you would have just looked at her and been like, let it go, let it go, let it go. Let's turn frozen on again. <laughs> I'm taking you back to the theater to see Frozen 2 again. Don't tell your mom you watched this with me. (laughs) Oh, does Corinne listen to the podcast? Is she going to know? Is she going to know? Nope. No idea. Dude, I'm totally digging The Mandalorian. It's got got that good Western vibe. I love it. It Smacks so hard of like Uh, Clint Eastwood, the man with no name, you know? Corinne and I were having the conversation that we were curious if people would be as into the Mandalorian if it wasn't around Star Wars. Like if you took the Star Wars element away, um, which really is just Yoda and the Mandalorian aspect, and the rest could be like any genre, and would people still be going as nuts about it? Uh, that was my question. I think it's, we it's definitely cashing in on the Boba Fett love and the Yoda love, uh, two very beloved Star Wars characters by creating this Mandalorian character and a baby Yoda. Uh, definitely cashing in on that. Um, do I think yeah, people would go as crazy? Probably not. Literally have nothing to do with each other. I don't think people would go as crazy. I do think people would like it though. It's very well done. Um, very, very. It's very good. I do think the only thing that. 
So I get he's a Mandalorian, and apparently that means he's not allowed to remove his helmet, even though in the prequels, oh gosh, those things we all wish didn't exist, Jango Fett does remove his helmet on multiple occasions. Oh gosh, the prequels ruined so much. The prequels ruined the Mandalorian before the Mandalorian ever even came out. Did you ever think about that? When you say prequels, are you just talking about the original Star Wars? Oh my gosh, I'm going to murder you. I am going to murder you. (laughs) I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm quitting. I'm quitting this podcast. So you're talking about like Clone Wars and all of that stuff. Lord have mercy on my soul for I'm about to murder Dustin. It's going to be homicide. (laughs) So what you're saying, but the articles I read online were saying that um, Boba Fett and like all those uh, movies he wasn't a true Mandalorian in the sense. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett would have, as far as we saw, followed all of the Mandalorian stuff. Um, I don't count any of the books as being canon because, well, Disney screwed them all over and said they're not canon and then created, you know, the new Star Wars movies. Um, so as far as we know, Boba Fett did stick with the Mandalorian stuff as far as never removing his helmet, all that kind of stuff. But his father, Jango Fett, his clone father, uh, his his clone daddy. How, how do you refer to the person who you were cloned from? Is that your clone daddy? Too. Is that just your clone brother? Is that call him C Dad? C D. C D. C D. C B B G. Big me. Cinderella's ballroom. C B G B. All right. C B G B. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Clone baby. All I know is all I know is Silicon Valley's back on, and I forgot how much I love that show. I didn't even watch last season, man. Oh my goodness! Don't hate me. Don't hate me. See, I think it's different for me because my college roommate looks exactly like the main character of that show, like to the point where I get this weird, like I'm watching my college roommate. That's how much that they look alike. That's real weird. That's real weird. Real, real weird. Oh, I'll send you a side by side. It's ridiculous. Um, like other people think it too. Like he actually he lives in San Francisco and he gets stopped, and people say, "Whoa, dude, are you the guy from Silicon Valley?" And he's like, "Yes, I am." Uh, Twenty five dollars for <laughs> a, fun, for a f- he's never autograph. seen Silicon Valley and he doesn't know anything about it. So he's always like, I don't even know what you're talking about, dude. I live in San Francisco, not Silicon Valley. I'm sorry. Like, is is he an idiot? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. Got yeah. it. Got it. Doesn't think we should probably wrap this one up tonight. Why, Steve? Why? Because we have to get up in six hours, yes. Steve? Is that, is that, that why? That is why. Well, that why? Some I think of us we last. should just stay up all night. We should just have a record fest. Good night, Dustin. Don't leave me, Steve. Don't turn the lights off. Please, Steve. I have nowhere to go. Steve? Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!